Peter Dowd of the IrishGardener.com joining me on what is a lovely sunny afternoon where I am at the moment. Uh, good afternoon to you, Peter. Didn't I tell you a couple of weeks ago that we were going to get a cold spell before Christmas? Oh, yeah, yeah, but it's but you, cold you can wrap up against. It's it's the wet weather we, is, we want to stop. And actually, it's talking of the cold uh, weather, Barry um, uh, has been on to say uh, he was hoping to cut the grass this afternoon, but now there's a frost forecast for tonight. Should he hold off because of the frost? Honestly, I wouldn't be too worried. I, I would hold off mowing the grass if it was physically, like if there was still a frost on it or if it was in any way frozen, I would leave well alone. But if there's a frost, I wouldn't cut it too too severely. I wouldn't cut it to its lowest level, but I wouldn't be scared about just trimming the top off it. No, I mean, it's, it's it, OK, it's cold to you and I, but to the grass, it's not really that cold. So, no, I wouldn't worry about cutting it. Cut away. OK, Nick has a garden full of fallen leaves. Can I just leave them or should he be raking them up? And if so, what do you do with them? I would say just leave them, yes, provided they're not on the lawn. I mean, if you if they're just falling on soil and on flower beds and things like that, just let nature do it. I mean, it's been doing it for millennia. So let let them just break down and let the soil microbes and earthworms and everything feed and, and work away and decompose the leaves. And it's the best soil conditioner you can get, Trish. I say if they're not on the lawn, because you don't want to leave them on the lawn because they'll just kind of lead to yellow and brown patches on the lawn. So if they're on your lawn, either with a rake or a garden blower or a vacuum, take them off the lawn. And just either put them into your compost bin or compost area, or you could even just spread them as a mulch just on top of on top of shrub shrub beds and flower beds, or even just into a couple of bags, a couple of old sacks, and just sit. Really, there's nothing to do. Just let them sit there for twelve months. Uh, and as I say, at the end of it, you have, uh, as the fella says, the best soil conditioner money can't buy. You know, yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, just leave well alone unless they're on the lawn. OK, a letter that arrived. We love the handwritten letters from uh, Jack. Question, please, for uh, Peter. Uh, I am leaving dahlias in the ground over the winter this year. What should I do to protect them from a frost and cold weather? Is it some kind of cover or fleece? Would leaves simply do to protect them? Yes, leaves would do. because So you, you do, can get horticultural fleece, which is... Um, uh, it's it's a breathable material, Trish, which I would you encourage people, if you have frost tender plants out this winter or at the moment, to protect them with horticultural fleece. But the dahlias, you see, all the growth in the dahlias now will be underground. So it's the tuber you want to protect. So you're really just physically putting another layer on top to keep the frost off. At a, you know, a few inches of leaves or bark or any kind of organic matter will help to protect. But of course, the dahlia tubers, it's not so much the cold weather that bothers them in this country over the winter. It's the amount of rain we get uh, and no amount of leaves or fleece or anything will protect against that. So it's important that the soil they're in is well drained so that the tubers just don't just actually rot during the winter. But in terms of protecting them against the frost, yeah, just a physical layer of, of as say, leaves or mulch or anything like that will help. And Margaret in Douglas, hi. The daffodils I planted in September are peeping up already. I've covered them up with compost, but they're coming through again. I'm afraid that the frost will damage them. Advice, please. Nothing you can do. There's no advice I can give. They're doing their thing. Um, uh, the frost shouldn't, I'm going to say won't damage them, but shouldn't damage them. It never really does. That uh, They're not susceptible to that kind of, to cold temperatures in that regard. But my own bulbs, which are, you know, planted for several years, are already not just poking up, but like some of them are completely up. And it's a bit of a worry because not just from a horticultural point of view, but for an ecological point of view, because um, 
they shouldn't be up. Uh, and God knows when they're going to flower. Some of them could be in flower before Christmas. I don't know. Uh, I suspect most of this is due to the heat, the, the exceptional heat we had in September. It nearly hit mm. 30 degrees, if you remember, in September. So a lot of the, the tulips and daffodils, which have been in the ground for longer, you know, think it's spring already. I know they're in for a rude awakening, but that, that may just sound like a peculiarity, Trish, but that has a, a knock-on effect with insects that have, you know, uh, developed alongside them and relationships with them, they come out to pollinate and, the, you know, the life cycles have, have have aligned with each other over the years. And if if when things are out of kilter, that has a knock-on effect with, with the insects and, and with the pollinators. But in terms of, of daffodils and that, um, in fact, I, I had a call myself this morning about a lady asking me, was it too late to plant daffodils and stuff? I said, absolutely not. It's actually now when the temperatures are dropping that you want to. And I've been, I'm kind of blue in the face from saying this over the last few months on your program and other stretches. Just because bulbs are appearing earlier and earlier in supermarkets and things, nature hasn't changed. We still shouldn't be planting them till October, November. So even even if we had planted in September, that they'd be coming up by now. So it's just something to bear in mind going forward because I, I think it's, these changes are obviously f- for the long term and that we're not going backwards on this, you know. Okay, uh, yeah, and, and it's been like... September, as you say, we did get a couple of really, really warm days. But even October, November, uh, this is really the first cold spell. It's It's been relatively mild. It's been very, very mild yeah. up to now, yeah. This is the first cold spell and we're nearly into December. It's seasonal, but um, but yeah, the mild weather up to now has been, I don't know, hopefully we're not going to see it every year. Yeah. Okay, Burr says, uh, advice please from Peter, what do I do with this year's begonias in order to be able to reuse them next year? Well, there's two types of begonias, firstly, Trish. So you have the fibrous rooted, which are really just grown as a, a as a one-year bedding plant, an annual. But I suspect she's probably talking about the tuberous forms, the tuberous begonias, which are, are perennial. Uh, as the name suggests, they, they, they grow from a tuber. So what you would do is once the, the, and I would say the last couple of nights would have done this, it would have killed off the flowers and, and very dramatically, what green fleshy leaves and flowers very dramatically overnight will go to just brown mush um, with the cold temperatures. So at that stage or now, even if they haven't, lift the tubers out of the ground, uh, re- let them dry out on a, on a kind of a shelf or on a seed tray for a day or two, wrap them in a bit of newspaper, or even straw, anything like that, brown paper, just something dry, uh, and, and store them somewhere cool and dry until planting out, I would say, next year in, in, in kind of February, early March. Okay. Hi, uh, Peter. I'm just wondering, would you have advice for me, please? Not quite a gardening question strictly, but it is to do with my garden. My concrete yard and timber fencing has gone green. What would you suggest I treat it with and when would be the best time to treat it? I suppose the best time to treat it now, particularly in the yard, is now because it's it's probably going to be slippy. Um, the best thing to do when it's, it's on my to-do list for this weekend is get out there with a power hose, if that's feasible, just to, to physically remove it, because of course it's done instantly. Um, if that's not feasible, there is a product called, I'm, I'm 99% sure that it's Algon. I keep meaning to check this because it keeps coming up, so I must check it. But I'm fairly certain that Algon is the Irish one and it's organic. Uh, and I, which, Whatever the correct name is, I have used the Irish organic one, which you'll get in any garden centre, which I think is Algon. And I have found it very, very good. So that's the one to get. You mix it with water, water it on, a uh, brush, it, light brush, and it just it, it it'll kill it in no time at all and make it safe. Okay, Margaret wants to know is, and I hope I'm pronouncing it right, solanum. Is it hardy against frost? 
You're, you're, yeah, solanum. It's, solanum. it's the climbing potato plant, yeah. Oh. Um, and it's a good question, actually, because it, will it be hardy this week? I would suspect yes, because I don't think it'll be cold enough for long enough. But particularly the white solanum, uh, you've the white and the blue forms, particularly the white form, it, it can be a bit more tender towards, but both can be tender towards the, the frost. So it's a, the, the answer to the question, are they totally hardy to the frost? No, they're not. So they would need some form of protection. I wouldn't be rushing out with fleece during this week because I don't think it, as I say, it'll be cold enough. But if we were looking at lesser, lower temperatures for a protracted length of time, I would do something then, maybe cut them back and wrap them in fleece. Okay, we'll leave it there. Listen, have a lovely week and we'll talk to you next Wednesday. Very briefly, Trish, if you have two seconds, yeah. just uh, I promised them I'd remind them for the hospice on, uh, I think it's next Tuesday, it's December the 5th, six o'clock, uh, sorry, 7.30, but doors open at six in um, Rochetown Park Hotel. But the fabulous Malcolm Kit is giving a floral demonstration in aid of the hospice. That's next Tuesday. Contact the, the Marymount office. I'm sure they'll, they'll give you all the details. OK, thanks for that. Have a good week. Thanks, thanks Peter. That's Peter Dowd on theirishgarda.com. Even on a budget, Quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.